Hello, welcome to Prop Talk again with Chris Call and Mikey Trudell. Oh yeah, there, there. That's a little louder now. And I like that. Thank <laughs> you. I was listening. Um, I feel like I'm fading away here. Um, today we have a special guest, Paula Schreiber, um, who is a good friend of Michael's. Yeah, I'd say probably one of my uh, best mentors. Uh, exactly, I and so. I think one of our first retirees, if I'm not mistaken. So okay. welcome, Paula. How are you? Thank you. Doing great. Thanks for Good having to see me. You. Very nice to see you. Yeah, we have we've crossed paths along the way. We have. Yes. And uh, I've always been impressed with your work. So we're really happy Thank to you. have you on. Thank you very much. Um, so I just wanted to say that I've seen that your your resume is interesting to me because I, I've noticed that you've done a lot of shows where you didn't necessarily start them, but you've taken them over. Some. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I thought about that because I realized that about myself, you know, because I noticed that I've done a lot of pilots. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had any pilots ever picked up. Really? Yeah. I think I was like the cooler <laughs> on pilots, <laughs> but I've taken over shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know I want to get into that with you at some point, you know, because sure. there's something about that, you know, that, that I think is helpful to other property masters, like when you have to take over a show, mm-hmm. you know, there's something about that. But before we get into all that, what, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Where are you from originally? I am from St. Petersburg, Russia. Nice. Very far east north coast. Wow. So what, what was your journey to... Getting into props, that's very interesting to me. Well. Yeah. Was, <laughs> growing up in Russia, was it always your dream? I know, right? To, to work in props. After I was born. Yeah. <laughs> I have decided. Well, no. No. It was not always my dream. However, I grew up in a family of filmmakers. Oh, and, nice. And my father was a film director, and my mom was a costume designer, um, in St. Petersburg studio. And basically, I grew up on the set. Wow. That's fascinating. Like, what, what films? Um, you wouldn't know them. Actually, okay. one you would. Okay. Uh, George Cukor, mm-hmm. co-production with Russia, The Bluebird, with Liz Taylor. Okay. I, I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. But... It's old. Right. <laughs> Not that good. <laughs> the experience was amazing, especially for my mom. She was one of the costume designers on that film. So, And uh, my father's films were quite well known, but uh, I am a late child. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically his work was done in the 40s and 50s. And he retired after that, 60s. He did lots of documentary films. And what was his name? Boris Schreiber. Nice. Okay, well, I'll be looking that up. Does well, the, thank you. <laughs> does, the, uh, does like the props department out in Russia kind of have a similar uh, like duties and stuff as we do here? Or is it completely 
backwards and different. completely different yeah. in fact they don't have a prop master now mm. they do right now everything has changed but um bef- during the socialist time there was a prop person mm-hmm. and all of the Props were designed by basically an art department, and so they like just the Rus- had... like the English version, the UK. Probably right. all across Europe those days, that right. was the structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they didn't have a prop master as a department head or as a creative entity. Right. Therefore, I never aimed at mm. that. Yeah, post. it was never on the mind, really. Right. Was, yeah. <laughs> right. It was not. So when you went to set as a child, did you, like, hang out with your mom? My mom, my dad, everybody. Or, like, the studio was small mm-hmm. because everything in the big city, big ancient city, was quite compact and more consolidated. Right. So ran around the whole studio. And were they on the same films together? No, they were not. Different uh, films. Okay, so you were on both of their sets. Absolutely. And how old were you when you were doing this? Um, all the way through high school. Wow. And you you say you're the you're the oldest of the children? I am the only of the children. Oh, you're the only. <laughs> okay, so I see. Both, the oldest and the youngest, and all in one. <laughs> you're the whole package. Yes. That's... Fun. And then I, I went after high school. I went to um, college, mm-hmm. which in Saint Petersburg, a theater and film, and specialized in design for film and theater. Nice. And then we were kicked out. And then I found myself in this land. Okay. And uh, by strange, cons- strange twist of fate. I ended up at CalArts. Oh. And uh, I just met somebody in my travels through Europe who knew someone at CalArts, and they invited me to come visit the school. I did, and they accepted me right away oh. to the master's program. Did nice. you did you finish Did you finish your degree uh, for theater when you were in Russia? Or? I finished, you but finished I it. could not get the diploma. Because oh. if I were to officially get a diploma because of the education being free, right, would. they would assign me to a spot in a, something like Siberia. Right. And I would lose my right and I would have to pay the debt wow. for my education. Wow. I would never be able to... Because, well... They knew that they we were immigrating and that right. was, would be the punishment. So my only way out was not to get my diploma. Interesting. So when you say you were kicked out, mm. do you do you want to get into that at all? I mean, I'm, I'm very could. curious, but I don't want to. We wanna... could. I wrote a whole book about it, but you sure. did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, tell me. Yeah, what... shameless. Pl- what is it? The, the other the side o- of the moon. The other side of the moon. Yes. Okay. It's basically about my experience. It's based on my story. It's fictionalized. Yeah. But it's based on my story, and all of the historical facts and dynamics are completely true. So in a sense, it's historical fiction. It's available on Amazon, everybody. So I, I'm, I'm so like blown away. I didn't know anything Amazon. about this. So, I mean, can you give us a little capsulization of... Capsulization? <laughs> yes. If that's a word I just invented. I love it. As a writer, it's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. expanding my vocabulary. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, 
goodness, it's it's kind of I don't want to take up too much of my time, of your time. We have nothing but time. time. <laughs> okay, can edit it. Um, <laughs> but basically, Soviet system was an iron curtain. Mm-hmm. The whole idea was to protect, quote unquote, people from knowing what the rest of the world is all about so right. they can sustain their system without major upheaval. And uh, the immigration was not allowed. The travel, foreign travel was not allowed. And after the uh, creation of Israel, mm-hmm. it was negotiated that Jews can reunite with their family and leave Russia on Israeli visa. But you had to be Jewish. Right. And mind you, being Jewish is not the religious matter in the Soviet Union. It's yeah. ethnicity. It's right. race. Right, right. So my father was a Polish Jew. Mm-hmm. My father, my mother was a purebred Russian. Uh, my father passed away, and my mom was uh, by then retired mm-hmm. and quite restless. She was a reckless adventurer, and she decided she does because there's nothing left for her right. in this country. She wanted to see the world and expand her life. Good for her. Yeah. Kind of. Um, so she decided <laughs> it's a to. Double-edged sword, right? Well, it well, it became. <laughs> yes. Uh, so she decided to apply for Israeli visa, but they wouldn't take her application because she had she no grounds. Right. Right. Wow. But that put me. It was just me and her in a precarious position. I first of all didn't want to leave the country. I, I wanted to finish my. Uh, studies and go on with my life. I loved my city. Because this is when you were in college, right? Right. Yes. Point? Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So they didn't accept even the application, and we said, "Fine, whatever, thank God, or whatever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And one night we received a phone call. It was nine p.m. I remember saying that we are allowed to leave, and we must do so within thirty days. Wow. So. That was the kind of earthquake that shook our lives yeah. forever. Who, who said you were allowed to leave? Well, that was state? a very good question. So whom did the phone call come from? Was it a prank? Because it's 9 p.m. Right. Yeah. And of course, government never sleeps and everybody listens to your conversations, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, we went to... Uh, the proper agency that right. was um, in charge of immigration, and they confirm. And wow. so, so it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was. Right. 30 days, and you're out. Uh, you're allowed to take $100 per person with you. Wow. And whatever. So some real startup money right there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, in terms of your possessions, like, I don't know, several suitcases. Right. And that's it. And what year was this? 81. Okay. And I looked around and I saw that in an instant, everything turned to ash. So I understood to the core of my being what it meant. You can't take it with you. Right. Yeah. And uh, that was it. And a month later, my adventure and my rebirth uh, began. And you emigrated to... Uh, I immigrated to, we had to go through Europe first, mm-hmm. and I immigrated to America, to United, to New York. Okay. And your mom with you, right? 
My mom, my my bright, strong mom of the age of 60 was with me without the language, without knowledge of how to function in the new society, without an ability to drive at an older age. Did you speak English? Yes. You did? Yes. Learned in university. I learned, I had a very good education in the circle where we grew up. Uh, it was a must to be well educated yeah, yeah, and yeah. versed in languages right. and literature and culture and all the other stuffs. Oh, and that was Gorbachev? That, Brezhnev. That, Brezhnev. Okay. Well. So there I was. There you were in New York City. New York City, which I despised. It was yeah. it's a tough <laughs> Me <too>. town. Me too. <laughs> it's a tough town. It's not that it's tough town. I mean, I did. I was too naive uh it's like a newborn because we knew yeah. nothing about what the rest of the world is like yeah, yeah. That's, that's all, a lot. all i knew about new york that it's a modern city with glistening skyscrapers and uh, we landed and we got picked up by our distant relatives okay. and taken to queens where there are no glistening anything except for <laughs> chain link fences and trash piled up against it. And uh, it was kind of a rude awakening. And if you know St. Petersburg, it's like superb, beautiful architectural yeah. marvel of the world. Right. And then you, you give everything up. Yeah, and that's you incredible. Wake the... up in Queens, New York, in your dreamland. And that you open your eyes to, and it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And you very much still were uh, wanted to get into like the, the entertainment industry in some way, right? Well, I knew kind of who I was, but to be honest, the shock of yeah. being transplanted so suddenly yeah. is too much to... You're just grasping at straws to emotionally survive. Yeah, I'm sure... Yes. I mean, that was probably the last thing on your mind. I mean, the culture shock alone is just incredible. Yes. And the gravity of loss. Right. That is something that is very hard to deal with. Did you, did you not think you'd ever be able to really go back? Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you left a lot of family behind them. No, no. No, I didn't leave family because my parents had very difficult... Um, childhood and upbringing mm. because of the turmoil of the war and post-revolutionary right. my mom's family was in exile i see and they were all dispersed so we were just we didn't know our family right. basically so uh, the family that you stayed with in queens were they your mother's family father's side father's side father's side yes at the time very prominent family in moscow mm-hmm. um her husband was a photographer, and uh, they ended up. She ended up remarrying, and he, her new husband was like a limousine driver. And she was. They became Orthodox Jews. That was. I, I didn't know anything about Judaism, and suddenly I couldn't turn on on and off the light at a certain time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what happened? Wow. Why does he have the curly things under his head? <laughs> right. What's on his head to begin with? Well, that you had a full culture shock in every way. I mean, that's it's amazing. You were in your twenties or 
I was 22. Wow. That's that's a lot. <laughs> it was, indeed. I'm sure everything that you've dealt with in the film industry pales in comparison to all of that. Uh, yes. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it gives you a little bit of perspective. 100%. I just think about that pin that we used to be kicking around that said it's only a movie. And yes. it's like, it's, it's so true in comparison to like real life trauma, which is what you experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. But on terms of that pin that I do remember quite well, yes. it's only a movie, but it is presented to us as a case of dire life and death yes. emergency. 100%. And it just never ceases. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so you're still, there's a big gap between New York City and LA. So how did it, um, where, where did you, how did you move out of that situation and, and it, rise above? And It's mostly uh, not a moving out, but running away. Mm-hmm. I, uh, as we traveled through Europe and I lived in, we had to stay in Italy for a month or two and I met uh, some, oh no, no, that's not true. I had a friend that I met in Russia mm -hmm. that was going to Stanford University okay. in Palo Alto. Right. And then we came to the Jewish agency that sponsored us, and it was called Roughed Off Organization. They still exist, and they believe in disbursement of Jews. So they said, because we want you guys dispersed, right. we're offering one ticket, uh, one way, anywhere you want to go in the United States. Wow. So I raised my hands like, I'm going. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. I'm going to California because my friend lived there. Right. And there I was in California, in Palo Alto. In Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. Wow. With a very lucrative job as a house cleaner for a retirement home and wow. a dishwasher in the evening for a little cafe. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I was, for some reason, very excited about all that. Sure. I could see that. Yeah. For how long? <laughs> Uh, six months. Six months. Because then, by then, I connected with CalArts, and they gave me a scholarship wow. and everything, and I just... And that was a game changer. Total game changer. Yeah. And I bought my Pinto station wagon. Nice. <laughs> I learned that they tend to explode, but I didn't care. What <laughs> doesn't explode these days? Exactly. Right? It's such a common occurrence why I didn't pay attention. It's a way to keep yourself awake when you're doing yeah. Exactly. So, and I moved to, moved to Santa Clarita, and I'm still here. Wow. You moved to Santa Clarita. Was it even here then? Uh, Barely. It was <laughs> not. It was <laughs> no. not. Uh, good question. It was not. Uh, but CalArts was. Okay. Wow. It was 82. Okay. And Santa Clarita as a city didn't exist. came later. It was Valencia. Mm-hmm. Uh, best two years of my life spent there. I'll bet. So awesome. But, again, I was very naive. I was uh, studying under Jules Engel uh, experimental animation. Mm. I loved the idea. Animation? Mm -hmm. Really? That's yes. interesting. <laughs> because I loved the idea of merging fine art and filmmaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was all amazing. It's completely the world that I left in Russia, like this bohemian cultural world, Plunging into CalArts, same thing, same type of person. Right. Very international. 
But then I graduated and I had to get a job and I started working in animation and suddenly they want me to animate He-Man. And it's like, what? (laughs) Really? (laughs) And and Care Bears. And it's like, I can't do this. I've been trained in high art for like seven years of my life. What is He-Man? So and also I realized it wasn't my place. So, yeah. so you sure. didn't you didn't do the project at all or I did. I did. You did? I did. I supervised layout for animation for a little bit, but it was not my thing. Sure. It was not my thing. And I realized Why 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 is that? Then because if you made it to the end, you could obviously do it. There's just something that you just felt was like I can't do human. It's like I am not he I need culture. <laughs> I need an art. Artist. Yes. I yeah. can't do kitsch for a living. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and also, I did a film for free. It was called 315. I still, I think it's still somewhere there to okay. be seen. Um, and I worked for Paul Ahrens, who was a prop master on that. And uh, from, and I just felt at home. Wow. And the film set invited me took me in they sensed the same organism mm-hmm. and there it, is. it was a beautiful match i just just i knew filmmaking in my bones right yes of so, course so your first onset job was pretty much assisting a prop master um he wasn't on the set for some crazy reason um he had was the prop master on the set much back in those days some i mean it's very unregulated it's non-union yeah yeah, exactly it's like he's probably doing a lot of different things exactly he was a prop master in 20 other roles but uh his assistant was and i assisted his assistant and it was great yeah okay it was great and then i started getting calls um it went from there yeah so I see getting into your resume now. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you assisted property master on Beetlejuice and when Harry met Sally. I mean, yes. those are two pretty iconic films. How did how did that happen? Oh, I was very fortunate those days. Um the film that got me into the union was actually one of my favorite projects that I ever worked on was La Bamba. Oh, nice. And I worked for Rosemary Brandenburg. Okay. Who is amazing. Yes, she and is. my friend, and I love her to death. And knowing that my strength is on the set, she made me an on-set dresser. But right. I prepped the opening sequence and dress it pretty much um, by myself. It's when they were in their camp of fruit pickers Mm -hmm. and I could relate to the layer of history that went into that environment very well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my favorite project because it was a real story. Not only was it a real story, the family participated. Oh, really? Yes. And to have Richie Valence's family walk through that camp where they used to live themselves right? and walk into what's supposed to be their tent, I was terrified. I'll bet. That I shopped and dressed and then saying, this is amazing. Nice. That was so such a reward. Yeah, absolutely. And Taylor Hedford was a producer mm-hmm. and... Uh, great film at the end yeah and that film brought us into the union oh very nice so you got in pretty early i got in very early 
And uh, after that, I started looking. Oh, and another thing is, which is not fair to Rosemary, mm-hmm. but they gave me a co-decorator's credit on that film oh, as well. Wow. Because they acknowledged whatever accomplishment, sure. whatever I brought to, right. to, to the film. Later, when I became a big prop master, nobody cared. Nobody acknowledged <laughs> anything. <laughs> what, did, what did you get into so the union? Sad. You just got into general property then, or in the in the union? In local forty-four, right? Uh, I don't think we had like designate like. They didn't have classifications yeah, back I, then. I don't think I'm so. Sure. I'm not sure either. Because you never had to upgrade or do any of that stuff. I think I had to take an exam when I've upgraded to a prop master. Right. Oh, right, right. Yep. I wish oh, right. they still did that. I know I, you I do. do. I really wish they still did that. <laughs> but I would have been happy to take a test. I know. It's, you would be pass. fun. Yeah, you of course. <laughs> you know, I always, again, we've talked about this, but I always thought that, you know, because um, 52 has a test. And I, rem- oh. I remember hearing that. It's like, oh, you have to plumb a sink. I'm like, wow, that's what? cool. Okay. What? Wait, wait, you have to plumb you a have, sink? Yeah, you have to like make a <laughs> sink working on the set. You know, you have to plumb it and get the water going and all that stuff. Hmm. I'm like, okay, that's... That's that's like, a very specific circumstance. And I, I don't know why that stuck out in my head. It just it was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Well, it's a very common task for right. you think about it. So it makes kind 100%, of 100 percent Because again, you know, what property masters did and do in, in 52 is different than 44. They have a lot more responsibility. Oh, right, right, right. So, plumb a sink. Plumb a sink. I would, I would never pass. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like when, when it, before I was allowed to get my driver's license when I was younger, my parents, they wouldn't let me go to get my driver's license unless I, I could show them how to change a tire and jump a battery. Wow. <laughs> Which okay. I, I think makes sense. Sure. It does. It does. 100%. Yeah. I would never pass. It's called, <laughs> now it's called AAA. Now, exactly. Now AAA. I buy that. Service. I know how to dial AAA. <laughs> I have people for that. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, and that and and awesome or also that is kind of what property master entitles or you know encapsulates as well is you know learning how to designate. You know, I mean, because we don't do it all or by ourselves. No, you know, it, it is a collaboration of a lot Absolutely. of different people doing it's, a lot of different things. You can't narrow down our job to specific tasks. Right. It's all encompassing. Yeah. And every day is a new right. revenue. And we're the ringmaster. Yes. And really. it's up to us to pull it all together. Yeah, exactly. And, and the world is your playground. Yeah, it was so funny. Just this weekend, a. Uh, my TV, for whatever reason, whenever you turn it on, it goes to the Hallmark Channel. Oh, goodness. I don't know That's why. A I, got, I know. I got to figure out how to change that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just the, the default on my TV for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I used to do Hallmark Films. So the other day, I um, I turned on the TV and I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's Joanne Woodward up there. That's uh, Blind Spot, which was one of. Um, oh, yeah. Did you ever see this? It's, you know, you, it got a 5.9 on IMDb. <laughs> It was horrible, but nonetheless, the, the, her husband Fritz Weaver was uh, a a hawk. He, what do they call those people who deal with hawks? Uh, a bird person. I don't a know. bird person. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. There is a there is a, a term for it. Nonetheless, falconeer. A falconeer. Thank you. And uh, thank God. Thank God is right. Can you cut that out? <laughs> I can do whatever you want. No, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, so anyway, so there was all these scenes with him with the falcon and with the hood on everything, and it's like, I have very little recollection of any of that. You know, I did all of that. It's like, 
I must have hired somebody, you know, I brought somebody in to do that, but it just reminded me like, yeah, we don't do every single thing ourselves. We're not supposed to. No. Well, I didn't know that when I was first starting out. I thought I had to do everything. Uh That's why I had a migraine every day for like three years. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's why you were a cat person. (laughs) I guess I was a cat wrangler. Yeah. Yes, on a Dario Argento (laughs) movie. (laughs) But... I made fake cats for a cat parade on one of my shows. A cat parade. Yes, I was kind of like I shopping for a little toy for your son yesterday. And I remembered <laughs> how I successfully made fake cats walking around. Yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You made them walk around Well, too? they didn't. They were kind of dragged. But because I decided, <laughs> deci- because I mixed them with, yeah, with live cats. But because I weighed the paws down with shot. Nice. They had had a certain gravity and a certain movement to the bodies that sold it right oh yes. it's amazing what you could get away with, <laughs> yeah. with that. Anyway. I, I did this on uh what was it? oh brooklyn 99 some crazy episode where they had to have a nutria have you heard of this creature no. No, <laughs> not at all. It, it's, I know. I never have either, but they oh, wrote yes. it. Oh, yes. It's the fur uh, animal. Yeah. It's like, yes, a, it's I like know. a. Nutria, yes. Yeah. It's like a groundhog. Of, it's in that family. It's a rodent. It lives it's underground. It's a giant rodent. Yes. Okay. So, you it's know. It's known for its fur. Yeah. It's well, they wrote this it. into the script. Okay. And I'm like, does it have to? Can it be a woodchuck? And they're like, no, it's got to be this. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even find this creature out in the real world. Okay, so, but I found a couple stuffed ones, and so we ended up using those. But they wanted this shot where the thing was running across the, uh, and then we had like woodchucks, real ones for in the background, you know, because they were woodchucks, not nutrias. Exactly, because you just can't get them. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but they wanted one to run across the, in the background across the gravel. So I'm like, well, let me see what I could do. So I took a stuffed one from um, Bischoff's. Bischoff's, thank Mm -hmm. you. And you know how in Star Wars they did like one of those land, those hovering crafts, you with, know, with the mirrors, with the mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I built that. Oh my gosh! For the Nutria, and it <laughs> oh worked. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I have a video of it somewhere too because I did it in my front yard, and I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but let's try it. And they're like, All right, whatever. So I like had this long string all the way across the thing, and I pulled across, and they used it, and it worked. That's and it was awesome! Good for you! Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is one, those are the prop moments that we live for, right? I mean, well, and live through. And live <laughs> through exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. in hindsight, they're always great. So how many? So you had to build all these cats. It's Okay. And yeah. you and did Managed. you you like built the puppets? You sewed them all together? And yeah, I'm good at that. I, I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> but that was fun for you, right? It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. You don't have one in your display case at home or anything. I don't have a display case at home. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Only you do. I'm glad someone does. Yes, I know yes. Maggie's got it going on in here. We, gotta, we have absolutely. to post some pictures of your studio. of the studio. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, talk about. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yeah. Okay, so that was my first Union film. Okay. Oh, after La Bamba. After La Bamba. After. And, and oh, just real quick, was La Bamba, like, after you finished that, if if, if to, to this day, after that being, like, one of the highlights of your career, mm-hmm. do you, like, was it game over after that? You're like, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is where my life is going to be. Well, I knew before La Bamba. You knew before that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And in props specifically too, or just in that realm at least. 
in that realm, I yeah. needed to be on the set. Right. I needed to be a part of uh, the process. That's where my life is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my life is filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. And incorporating my art capacity is yeah. just a good merger. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I started looking for work, making phone calls, and mm -hmm. came across this strange film called Beetlejuice. I have no <laughs> idea what the hell that is. And the lead person was Cheryl Koresik. And I was applying for a swing game position mm -hmm. and calling her and calling her. And I think I wore her down and she hired me on nice. the swing game. And Rick Carparelli was Rick her, yes, wow. her right hand. And I just started on their team for a while. I think I annoyed Rick Carparelli tremendously. <laughs> was he a lead man? Or? I had he, no idea. He, he was, a, I think, a gang boss because Cheryl was a lead person. Oh. And basically did most of the decorating. But yes, yes, very gruff person. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, and once the filming started, Bill Petrada asked me to be on set with nice. him. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I loved it. It just is like, this is my world. This is my atmosphere. She ha he had his second, I unfortunately don't remember his mm -hmm. name, and I basically worked for him, and it was amazing. I bet. Yes. And my favorite story uh, from Beetlejuice was those days, people that were prop masters mm -hmm. and people that were in special effects mm -hmm. were a very big man. Right. They didn't have too many women right. there. Absolutely. And we had a scene where uh, the shrimp cocktail becomes possessed <laughs> and jumps out of uh, the jar and right. grabs actors' faces. Right. And those days, no CGI. So those were puppeteers that right. had to all be under the table and puppeteer the shrimp. <laughs> Which is great, except they were all giant guys that simply didn't fit yeah. under that table. There were no small people there. Right, right. That's hilarious. So it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So they grabbed me and said, Paula, go under the table. Do this because right. you fit. It's like the only qualification that was required. <laughs> It's like, I, we know who this is a job for. <laughs> That's fantastic. So when we watch the movie, we'll know that you're under the table there. Yes, shoving I'm shrimp of, in people's face. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So I, they even gave me this glove to take home. <laughs> and I scared my future husband. And he still married me. <laughs> fantastic. Do you still have the glove? No. Oh, I, I had to get tragic. it. It is tragic. <laughs> it is tragic. So that was a remarkable thing. And um, I loved... At lunchtime, we all slept in the model because it had foam grass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. And when Beetlejuice was carrying around in the model the giant candy bar, mm -hmm. uh, Bill asked me to actually carve it out of styrofoam. Nice. And I sure could. That's beautiful. So that's another thing. Yes. Another country. So had, you had you done sculpting before that too? Yes. Okay. I'm sure, right? <laughs> I did actually. My uh, for, to be um, uh, to graduate from my with my bachelor's, I had painting oh, classes yeah, and sculpting. Yeah, that. That's awesome. Well-rounded education and, there. Yeah. yeah. 
How was Michael Keaton back then? Michael Keaton loved me because I was the only person that he said hello to in the morning. Nice. Oh. <laughs> because I absolutely had no idea who he was. Right. And neither did I care. Yeah. Right. And he felt completely safe that this person is not going to bug him. Yeah. And he wasn't that big then yet, right? He was pretty big. Was he? He was pretty big, or at least his attitude was. Really? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, Michael Keaton was a grip originally. Oh, really? On the Fred Rogers, on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, in wow. Pittsburgh, yeah. So cool. I know, right? Yeah, he wow. was very kept to himself. Um, and Alec Baldwin right. was there. That's right. Very method, yep. very full of himself. Mm -hmm. Loved uh, doing push ups before every take. Nice. <laughs> Gotta look good on camera. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Gina Davis, my very ah, favorite. Sweet. Oh, my gosh, she's amazing. I worked with her later on Glow. Yeah, yeah we got to on work Glow, with her on Glow. Right. She's down on location oh. down in Ontario. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Incredible person. I bet. Yeah. She, that exudes on camera. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've never worked with her. Um, so how about Harry, when, when Harry, Harry met, met Sally? Oh, that's another big film. Did Bill yes. Petrata do that one too? Or? He did not. No. He did not? No. Was, was Beetlejuice your only one that you worked for Bill Petrata on? Or did yes. You? Yeah. Yes, um, it was. And um, David Glazer was a prop master, right. became my great friend, mm -hmm. and actually worked for me later as well. Oh, cool. Um, he was a prop master on When Harry Met Sally, and he hired me, and I assisted him. He was very surprised that I ran the set, and I didn't want him on the set. <laughs> but he resigned to that. I functioned just much better if nobody interfered. I just knew what I was doing and just let right. me do it. And Is that being the on-set uh, assistant prop master? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I've... I've learned. I had a buddy ask me uh, the other day actually about that. He's like, "Oh, what 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 would you suggest to like assistant assistant prom, on set assistant prom master? Like, what's been?" I was like, "Don't bug them unless they ask you to." Right. Like that's yeah. like the key thing to learn. If like right. you're trying to get in, and you just want to be an on set assistant. I was like, "Don't bug them unless because a lot of it's their world, and then right. when they need help, they're usually really good at asking." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, my I always would say I just need you to be within eyesight. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's it. Right. You know, I just attention. when I turn around to look for you, I need you to be there. Right. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So and what else? And I went as a prop master to Chicago with when Harry met. Sally. I was gonna say that shot in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Cool. Part, part of it was shot in Chicago and did a great job. Loved it. Um, Meg so Ryan was amazing. That was like a, a, a separate unit that went to Chicago then? Like, is only um, a skeleton crew type of deal? or No, it, it was the main crew. It was the main crew. Yes. Was it mostly shot in Chicago? No, it was a small part of the university uh, scenes mm. that were shot in Chicago. And then the, the majority of the film was shot in New York. Right. So that's David had to prep New York. I see. And that's why he stayed behind and sent me to Chicago, which I was grateful for. And did you then go on to New York? Well? I did not go on to I New see. York. I just did Chicago. And, and But I prepped the whole feature with him. Right. Nice. So, yes, it was wonderful. And Meg Ryan was very impressive. Came to the set first day, knew every person's name. Nice. Wow. Very impressive. That is impressive. Yes. So you weren't in the room when they did the scene in the in the uh, uh, restaurant. I was there. Were you? Absolutely. <laughs> was that shot in Chicago? No, it was shot in uh, San Pedro. Oh, okay. Very nice. 
a lot of the film was shot in LA. So I see. Yes, I was right there. That iconic scene that was hilarious, and that was Rob Reiner's mother, right? Rob or, Reiner's mother. Isn't Rob that, Reiner directed. Yeah, right. But it wasn't his mother the one who said, "I'll have what she's having." Oh, I see. Yes, I wasn't <laughs> sure what you were referring to. Yes, 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 yes. It was funny. Yeah, and did, I bet. So on the day, in the moment, it was probably a hilarious scene, right? It was a hilarious scene, but it's very difficult for me to be a spectator. Sure. To right, because you're resetting. <laughs> I'm resetting. I am watching what their action may require. Mm -hmm. Like there was a scene we shot later with Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan um, after they got together they're trying to have a normal lunch and they're eating a salad in the restaurant and it's not working out and what was important for billy crystal is that every bit of the salad was that little crunchy part right so my focus was i could not care less but it's like he and i knew for his acting he needed to crunch right. in order to fill the silence yeah, yeah. of what was happening between them and that was my focus. I love that. That's like one of those small pieces of what we do that people don't get sometimes. Oh, right? I think 80% of what we yeah. do, people don't get sometimes. No, no it's 100% <laughs> true. But it's, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and actors get it. Actors completely get it. Right. That's yes. when we had Virginia Madsen on, um, and uh, she definitely got it. Yeah. And, and it was nice to, to have that acknowledgement from that world you know because again as we all know there's a large part of what we do yes drive story and build character most Absolutely. actors get it yes <laughs> most well true true that's true not every actor lots gets of directors it. get it too yes absolutely yeah my favorite bit was when I did, worked with Treat Williams on mm. True Believer it was a TV series okay. it was uh, renamed Eddie Dodd okay and it was, uh, I had to set up his desk. He mm -hmm. was a lawyer, like stuck in the 60s. And he, all of the paperwork and his murder books and had to have the 60s vibe to it. Right. And I just did it all. Every page he could flip mm. was full of real, authentic stuff. Beautiful. Was it ever on camera? No. But he said, Paula, I appreciate what you've done for me because when I come to the set, I instantly become that person by right. looking at, at what you've provided. Well, that's awesome. And that was like, that's something. And it that's was, what set you apart Well, from a lot of people, for sure. Hopefully. I actually didn't know any other people or how they worked. Right. Uh, it was just very gratifying to me that, yes, all that energy translates. Yes, so, and that was early in my career. So it was very helpful, that oh. feedback. Yeah, I'm sure. That's fantastic. When you fill the pages, they definitely, I mean, because yeah. that's what I, they read it all, the yeah, actors. It, is. <laughs> it never goes on screen, but the actors read every word that you put into like those journals. Right. They or, sure or do. Like I've very... always noticed that because they always say something to you. It's like, right. oh, this is your... And I, I, I do kind of like, I'm not a writer or anything like that, but I like like putting in that little piece of like your own backstory to the story. Good like, for yeah. you. This is a piece yeah. I can write. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely share it's that energy. very tedious yeah. work but it always pays off yeah sure. and, and once you get rolling though it kind of 
gets fun. I mean, to me anyway, not, maybe yeah. not everybody. <laughs> yeah, I I used to have try to have fun with that too. You know, mm-hmm. we were especially things where I don't think they're going to read it. I just like throw stuff in because I don't want to just use ipsum lorem or whatever that yeah that fake text is. But uh, I, when I was doing Popular, which was one of Ryan Murphy's first shows ever, um, I had to create a pamphlet called Know Your Vagina. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> and I had to write out everything inside the pamphlet, and I had so much fun with it, and it was so hilarious that the actors just kept laughing the whole time. It and they really never fun. got the tag because everybody yeah, was yeah, laughing yeah. too much. Then it's like, what are you doing? You're killing me here. So, but, but it's fun to be able to do that. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. But now I've, I've discovered now more, they're more interested in what that text is. Absolutely. It, you know, before it used to be like, whatever. You know, put whatever in there now. It's like you have to get everything approved, and sometimes the writers want to write it. And yeah, so. absolutely. Which is always an, another challenge that or I. Or they want the actor to write it too, which is right. Depending on how much it is, you got to find them for that period well, of time. See, to that's be able the thing. To... Trying to get that copy from people is sometimes can be difficult. You know, it's yeah. like try to compel the writers to write something that's not part of the script is like that can be very challenging sometimes well yes you have to bug them all the time exactly well it gets punted to their assistant half the time right exactly yeah well so um and then i see you did 30 something yes that was fun right it was fun i was on the set i was i ran the set set master on that nice uh, well, no, no, I wasn't a sad master. I was assistant to the sad master that was drunk in the gold room all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it was the 80s, I guess, right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> drunk or high. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. And that actually uh, promoted me. One of the directors invited me to his pilot because he said, Paula, to me, you are the prob master. Nice. No way. And he invited me, Ron Lagmartino. I became uh, a prob master on his pilot. Wow, nice. That's mm-hmm. very cool. And uh, yeah, and you work with Kenny Owen. Yes. Who I worked with on Alias. Such a good guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. He uh, It was his first time directing on 30-something. Right. And the poor guy was so terrified that uh, the only way he can control his emotions is by screaming everything he was saying. <laughs> you mean on camera? Action! Oh, I see. Oh. God! <laughs> That's hysterical. I wonder if he still does that. No, hopefully not. <laughs> Hard in the ears. What did that pilot ever like? Uh, it was it, it never went anywhere. Oh, it did. What no. was the pilot it, for? It was it was True Believer. It was Eddie. Oh, Dodd. True Believer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. I did the series. Oh, nice. Absolutely. <laughs> and now you're prop master. <laughs> and from then <laughs> on, I became a prop master, and I was very young and and got promoted very fast. And mm-hmm. I guess many people didn't like it, and I was too naive to notice. So when you say many people didn't like it, many. People like other prop masters. Other prop the, masters in the industry. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that, that was pretty ahead of your time for you to be a, mm-hmm. a, a female property master. Mm-hmm. So, I, And you got a lot of blowback then. I yes, I, I guess I did. How I, old were you, though? You were like, what, late 20s, early 30s? Uh, yeah. 30s. That's not that young, though, to, to prop master. I don't think well, for it? a female. For it, a female, it in is. In the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Are okay. you kidding me? I, I looked very, I have like this baby face, not anymore, but... 
and I was uh, not like this giant imposing person. Right. I yeah. had a slight frame and uh, a female and a foreigner oh, yeah. with a oh, baby right. face. And it's like, what? The, how did she get the job? Yeah. And she didn't even sleep with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been good. Yeah. Something <laughs> is wrong with this picture. Yeah. Well, but again, and you so, but you were so hyper focused on what you were doing. Exactly. That it just you didn't, it didn't notice. I didn't notice. I did. It didn't matter to me. And it's like I'm sure they said many. I was insulted very many times. Right. And but I either lack of my language skills mm-hmm. in certain expressions or whatever. I just it didn't matter. Or the metal that you were forged from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just couldn't care less. It's yeah. like, that makes no sense. Why would she say that? Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I mean, because you have to have tough skin in this business in the first place, and especially if you're a woman. Right. So. Right. It, it didn't, you didn't let the bastards get you down, as John no. Wayne would say. No. Bastards didn't exist for me. They they were much lower than didn't deserve my attention. You just kind of surfed from TV show to TV show after that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so you prefer television? Yes, definitely. It was my uh, choice, right? Conscious choice because I had to come home every night. Yeah. I couldn't stand traveling anymore. Mm -hmm. I've traveled enough. Right. And that was why I didn't want to go on location for six months. Yep. Uh, also, I was married at that time mm-hmm. and still am. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, it's it's important. I mean, it's hard to have family, consistent family life when you're in a feature world traveling a lot. It's just right. The truth. It's... It wasn't enough. Gr- it didn't matter enough for me right. to make, to compromise on that level. Yeah, um, we had mentioned, we talked about this before we started recording, um, that uh, the the notion of taking over a show that's already either in the, like it's second season or whatever, or after a pilot, you know, and so uh, again, for new property masters out there, I think it's important for us to talk about a little bit about that process of, you know, taking over a show that somebody's already started. I took over your show. You did. That's right. The wedding band. Yes. That's right. I'm grateful to you to introduce me to the... Tim Marks, right? Was it? Oh, no. No. I, I love... Um, what is it? Dan, uh, the, the drummer guy. The guy with the, all the drums. The oh, vendor. Oh, right. I can't remember who that was. Dan no. Savell. Okay. There you go. See that? Yeah. I forgot more than I know. <laughs> but yes, what... what, what uh, what would you like me to... Well, I mean, again, it's like for me, um, uh, 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 doing a pilot, you have to do everything from the ground up and you set the, mm-hmm. you set the stage. Mm-hmm. So have you done pilots that then became series? You just... Most of my pilots became series. See that? Mm-hmm. You, you got... Uh, I'm, I was the cooler, like I said. And, uh... <laughs> it's luck. Well, pilot season... Pilot season's like not becoming a thing anymore. It's, it's yeah, no. non-existent anymore. I think seasons are non-existent anymore. I mean, most even episodic. Random. Yeah, most episodic shows or whatever, because, I mean, a lot of these series that you probably worked on in the beginning at least had like, what? 22. 20 episode seasons and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And now that's like, you're lucky ten. if you get eight or eight ten. ten. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, which is insane. So what I would say, taking over a show, first of all, know why you're taking over a show. Right. 
um, very important to know that what you're stepping into, mm-hmm. taking over after your pilot was fantastic. It was great. Everything was working correctly. Right. Except you still need to reestablish a different system because mm-hmm. it needs to work consistently right. episode after episode for, let's say, 10 or 15 or 22. Mm-hmm. But respect what worked previously. Right. And understand what didn't. Yes. And understand why it didn't. Exactly. Make sure you're not set up to fail. Yes. Make sure you're not in a trap. Right. <laughs> well, then, no, and I, I mentioned that too. Like when, if especially if you're taking over a show, um, that there was a, a previous property master, and you don't, and they're not asking that property master back. Exactly. That's always was my first question: is okay. Well, you you have you watch the show, mm-hmm. you see, and I could say that most of the time that I've ever taken over a show, the props were perfectly fine, if not spectacular Mm -hmm. and i'm like so that's always my first question what was it about that Mm -hmm. property master that you didn't didn't like that Mm -hmm. didn't work and oftentimes it's personality a lot of the time is personality and if the personality of a prop master is not compatible to the people that Mm -hmm. he's or she's working for they will not notice the props right that's true and that's unfortunate. I ran into it. I took over Big Love. Mm-hmm. I think they had a couple of prop masters before me. Some of the props were quite poor. Mm-hmm. And some were so well crafted. Right. But I know the person that was in charge. And he uh, is difficult mm-hmm. to deal with. Right. And people don't need grief. Right. It's hard enough. Sure. Absolutely. And I also have noticed sometimes where I've taken over a show and then discovered that the reason that the property master left was because they were unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so, and they didn't like the, the, the consternation of that and that whole negative vibe. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out that the reason that they were unhappy is because they were being abused. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. There's, <laughs> There's exactly. A, there's a show that that I did a season after you did it. Uh, I won't be specific yet, but uh, uh, I'm curious now. You must be. No, no. Oh no. They. Uh, you, you'll, got you'll all the cards to, on the table yeah, here. You'll be able to guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it, it, they had a. They had the whole. The, like I think they went three or four seasons, but they had different prop team every season. But the rest of the crew was the same. And coming into it, everybody was like, "Oh, uh, it's a family here. We're all family." Was but, it just? Yes. Magic? Yeah, it was, and it was just a nightmare for props. Right. And like, it, and it's a kids show. Right. So like, there's a, a lot of specifications to where the directors just wanted, like. Like none of the notebooks could be a certain colors that would be school colors, and and the DP thought he was like making something that would win the next Emmy award and stuff like that, like that. Right. And they all got along great, sure, but like it was horrible for props, and it was not fun at all. I did really well on that show. You, Come on, I'm not saying you didn't do well, but I'm just saying it wasn't fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was not fun. Fine. Oh yeah, you you were there for one season, bull. <laughs> I was there for one season. Wait, what show is this? Just add magic, but you know oh, what? Okay. You know what? She left the show and went to something that was 
one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on, which was Glow. Yes. Well, I did it on hiatus. Come on. They were pissed at me. I see. Nice. But the trick about that show was there was a cookbook that was magic cookbook Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that had to be basically the main hero of the main actor of the whole show. Except when I took it over, it looked pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, we need to... Resources were horrendous my budget was three thousand yeah an an episode. Episode. Yeah. oh my god exactly yeah. was it disney i don't even know okay. what the hell that was yeah, but i, I said know. sure i'll amazon do it. i think three thousand yes i said it's okay if you want to spend three thousand let's see what it's going to look like but i made the writers i came to the writer's room and i said what's the origin of your book what is the origin yeah. of magic? It doesn't go, oh, it's just magic. It's yeah, like, right. never yeah. is just magic. Yeah, right. So let's, every recipe that you write, let's think about where it came from. That background will give me an idea of how to present it visually. Right. And I did. And I made Sherry at, it's an ancient book, so I made right. Sherry at ISS, yeah, ISS yeah. learn how to hand bind it so this book in one day was hand rebound every time and every new recipe oh i enjoyed making that i'll bet it was just had to be had to be re-hand bound because the thing was always falling apart anyway also well yes but anyway it's it's so tedious it's a pain in the ass but it i loved the graphics that came out of it well that's i i love the paper the paper props because they're always inserted right and they're always you know something that you see a lot of so exactly uh, but it is always the most amount of work especially when you have to handwrite things and build things and have doubles and my weakness though as beautiful as my pages were i would not notice spelling mistakes oh you and me both sister Uh, i'm 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 terrible with the spelling i'm so bad because i look at it as a visual composition and letters are just gray and meaningless for my brain yeah Yeah. so yeah that's not that was i mean the book was actually probably one of the more fun parts about that show if i'm no the rest is the rest is a disaster yes yes (laughs) because that's that and, and they're like every once in a while like you got a prop that was like something mysterious it's like a a a drafting tube that popped out in a pirate map something like that so that stuff was cool but then it's a show that revolves around food so you had like a permanent like pizza restaurant and you had like all this stuff and 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 no time or money they had oh do you have a food stylist oh yeah they had a they had a they had a food stylist in-house yep right that she functioned but not well (laughs) (laughs) i mean i wasn't gonna say anything (laughs) We won't, we won't name names. No, no. No, it's all right. You had to bring it up. Yeah. It's food. <laughs> well, I mean, food. I mean, you know. And then Teresa ended up, uh, on our season, she ended up food styling on it for a little while. And okay. she was great. And Neil Zaromsky food styled on it for a little right. while. Well, Neil Zaromsky. Yeah. Yep. He came in and did a little bit. There's a couple people that came in and did it. I remember when there weren't food stylists and we did it all. Right. 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 But that's a dangerous way to go. Well, I always found that whenever I had to do food, I would always make sure that whatever I was giving to an actor, I ate first. Yeah, it's got to be sad. So if I keel over, then well, we just know because, we shouldn't. Well, because I had an actor, and I'm not going to name names, accuse me of giving him food poisoning. Oh, gosh. You know, and, and it wasn't true because I ate the same food he ate. Uh-huh. Okay, and it's like, okay, I don't know. You not wanted a day off. I don't know. But, yeah. So, I, uh, trust me, I appreciate that we have food stylists yeah. now because, you know, and I've done 
you know, did a whole diner out of a garage in Vermont. Oh my it gosh. It was not oh code. <laughs> it was not code. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you worked on Gilmore Girls forever. Yes. Gonna, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the next thing I want to ask you about, you know, doing a long series. Mm-hmm. So, yes, tell, do talk about Gilmore Girls. Oh my. Right. Is this a hot topic? <laughs> yeah, was that is that a is that a good experience? Something must have been good because you stayed on for a hundred episodes. That's 100 right, episodes. over a hundred, over a hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting experience. I loved Gilmore Girls um, until I didn't. Um, Amy Sherman Palladino, who is an brilliant, ex- brilliant, exquisite writer. Yes, and uh, a very quirky human being. Right. Did marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yes, right. yes. That's her a, show. Go a ahead. friend of yeah, no, never mind. We won't go into that. But anyways, <laughs> the thing about Amy, um, she doesn't release her scripts mm. uh, until the day before they shoot. What? Why? Oh my! Oh my! So uh, the strategy was in her mind helping her not getting notes from Warner Brothers. I see. So they wouldn't have time to change anything. So, and that lasted for six years that I've been there. Did they give you any heads up on things? No. Oh, my. And only there's no production meeting. There's no prop meeting. So, basically, the idea is that there is one meeting with a script, and you shoot the next day, or you have maybe one day to prep. And uh, So, it's like a page turn with the whole, all the department heads, pretty much? Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) And... The the thing is, she would get annoyed with questions. It just and I can understand that for a creative being like her, being bugged down with no. uh, boring questions was <laughs> an imposition. However, it's not the medium for that. <laughs> so um, I replaced somebody on that show, and it was all very secretive how I got an interview. Right, and I came in into this really strange boudoir that was her office. Wow. Uh, all in pink and fuzzy. There, Everything was pink and fuzzy. Really? <laughs> yes. That's Amy, pink and fuzzy. Okay. And I basically got called in very on a very short notice, and I only watched a couple of episodes, and I told her that I like the... It's light, it has humor, and yet it addresses real issues. And she was so taken by that line that mm-hmm. she hired me right away because nice. she felt that there is a person that connects Sorry. connects yeah. with what she's trying to do. Yes, I did connect. But a lot of it was basically guessing and getting into her head right. and trying to imagine what she would see. Right. And I somehow had that ability. That's a skill, for sure. It's an important one. It's an important one, but it's draining. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be stressful because what? Extremely. It, it, essentially, you just had to show up on the day every single day and hope what you had was going to be was good correct. enough. Correct. Yeah. Okay. After a while, she she would write and said, "Ha, I'm going to write this and see what she's going to bring me." And um, that was kind of... For real? <laughs> yes, wow. she told me. Wow. Yes, and I did. And, and I if, did that for six years. And if you got it wrong? Then, I didn't. Wow. That's, <laughs> an, that's how Terrence Malick works, too. 
there that there's no script. Sometimes there's not not only do you not get it, there is no script. He just shows up and says, "Ah, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what the scene is," and then he'll tell the prop master, "This is what I want. If you could get it, great, you know. But we're going to start shooting, and then they got to run." I well, mean, at least there was an option if you can get it. Yes, there was no such thing, and I ended up because I. I made a mistake of overextending myself, and I want to caution a lot of prop masters against it. Mm -hmm. Just because you have an ability, just because you're smart, you're experienced, you can do it. Don't overextend yourself. You have one body. It will tell you no one day, and that will be devastating. Thank you, because that's a really important thing, and I I think a lot of people, and I was definitely uh, guilty of doing that younger when I was younger, Mm -hmm. where you just like work around the clock to make it happen, and it's like absolutely, it's not okay. It's not okay, and it won't last. Right, you will burn out. I can guarantee you that, and that's basically what happened to me to a certain degree. But I would do. Stuff for the art department. I would dress the whole set. I would yeah. do the all of the photographs. It's just right. not my job, and I should not have been. Yeah, involved. that live-in layer sometimes. Oh, the set, right? so, you have an unpar set decorator that yep. just doesn't put the live-in layer in. Well, that is can make or break you on a show for sure. I mean, how many times have you come into like a police station and there's a you know there's a light and there's a um, an ashtray and a telephone. And an ink blotter, and then it's like, go. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's layer one. Where's yeah. Exactly. And they and don't give the onset dresser anything yeah. either. And so nothing on the him. billboard. And, right. and the billboard tells the whole story. Right. And that's like two weeks prep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, sorry. Uh, right. was, so with, with Gilmore Girls, I mean, you, something kept you keep to keep coming back, even though it kind of beat you down like that, huh? They kind of beat me down, but they also had almost like an incredible respect and appreciation for my work. Yeah. Mm. And right. uh, the budget, like if I asked for something, I got it. Right. Oh, nice. And um, it was thrilling to be able to deliver and yeah. come up with the challenge. And also those days we had um, John Bush at ISS Manufacturing. But in collaboration with a lot of people, I could do miracles. You never do it alone. No, never. That saying, we're only as good as people that work for us, is absolutely absolutely true. 100%. Yep. Without a doubt. And was, I mean, the team, the crew itself must have been pretty good then too? My crew was pretty good for a while, yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's behind the scenes people that were incredible. Right, the support people for sure. Absolutely. So um, we should talk about GLOW. Oh, let's talk about Glow. I also, I also want I also oh. want to bring up real quick that, that, that you did the first couple seasons of Dexter, which is one of my oh, all-time right. That's favorite. Right. We yeah. Jumped over one Dexter. of my all-time oh. favorite shows, and we had we had uh, Josh Meltzer has done an episode before, so we have like the back end of the episode. He gave me a badge and a little like Miami Metro thing from the show too, so we added a little th- he added a little bit to the thing. But you, you did the first couple seasons. I established so. the show, and yeah. that's something about when you establish the show. Show, yeah um you bond with it 
Yeah. There is a lot to be said for that when for with this like original creation and figuring right. out with a whole team of what the hell is it? Yeah. Right. What does it look like? How where does the, it function? Where the props are also so stylized into the person's character. Like, right. like that knife roll, the slides, all that stuff is kind of like makes that character. You know? Keep in mind that I did all of the dead bodies. Oh, yeah. I, I remember you telling me one time a story about, like, uh, forgetting that, that Dode's torso was, like, in your trunk and your daughter saw it or something. Oh, like my that. God. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> my poor child. Now is 26 and incredibly a functional human being. <laughs> But yes, there is a picture that she is very fond of with her standing next to my trunk with a burned up doke's body in my trunk. <laughs> oh, no. And then when she was small, she says, Mother, why do I have to ride in the car with a thumb? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. It's the nature. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just how we do it, girl. That's how we do it. Um, yes, Dexter was, was fascinating. I had to, when I saw the pilot and all the dead, decomposing, right. dismembered bodies. And fingers and ice blocks and stuff. Oh, like, I did that. That was yeah, mine. I loved so it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it was a success. Yeah. But anyway, I had to kind of readjust my thinking about the whole thing to be able to actually do it. Exactly. I had to tell myself, because I wasn't sure I was going to take the show yeah. and my husband says honey you're going to be okay just have another martini That's so a lot of martinis <laughs> a lot of martinis but uh, i basically had to think of it as a sculpture i suppose uh, yeah i mean all that horror is hard it's hard but i managed uh -huh. i remember when i was setting up the morgue scene when they finally recovered all of the stash of dexter's bodies and put them in the morgue in oh, different right. stages of decomposition yeah right so that was all i set up this whole thing wow. uh with the pictures everything all the set dressing did the the tables sure so and i'm walking around i'm trying to compose it in the space right. properly and of course it's lunchtime and i'm eating my salad and it's like <laughs> and people are totally horrified how can you do this and it's like what right. i have to eat right. <laughs> so you're like an actual mortician where you have to separate yourself from what you're absolutely. doing absolutely otherwise it's impossible yeah and so was it all prosthetic then i mean because i remember when i did alias and we had a lot of body stuff we were using pork bellies and stuff no, I made everything out of silicone. Did you? Okay, good for you. No, no, there was nothing uh, because it's also it's a contingent. You can't really do a lot of real blood and, and right. be safe with it, or yeah. the safety concerns are too great once yeah. you bring that to the set and the lights and all that. No, everything was built out of silicone, but very precisely anatomically. And who did that work for you? Uh, they are now in Canada, Masters Effects. Okay. They're the best. And I use them. The reason I have to... They used to be in LA? Yeah. Oh. I have to admit my um, bad, not bad decision, but um, very practical versus artistic. The reason I left Dexter is because I got offered big love. Oh, okay. And Big Love was shooting in Santa Clarita. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> it was yeah, a, yeah, a no. simple geographical. No, no. So, so, hey, everybody I, can understand. I, I sold that. out. Totally <laughs> sold, sold out. out. 
<laughs> it was so sad. Oh, Big Love is a good show. Big Love's Big a Love huge was a, show. It was yeah. a great show. Yeah. And again, there were some bodies. I did some bodies for Big Love. Recycled dokes. Yes. Nice. Recycled dokes. Yes. Nice. Yes. Yes. So it was. Uh, and um, on Dexter, the second season, Josh was my assistant. So I basically I left see. the show for him and uh, kind of coached him on the, the established system right. and whatnot. Yeah, that became so. a big show for Josh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he did it all the way to, he did it all the way to the end, I think. Yeah, so. he came yes. It, it was good for him. Yeah. And now he's retired too. So That's right. I know. <laughs> working in uh theaters in, in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. yeah. He moved to Massachusetts, yeah. bought oh, a little wow. house and it's doing theater work. God bless him. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah. Right. Good yeah. retirement gig. Yeah. I think. Yeah. For sure. Um so yeah, so are we up to? I think we glow? can talk about glow now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm say, so sorry. I talk so much. No, this is what I'm this saying. This is why about. you're here. This right, yeah. You can't and, talk too much. And this because really? no, this is where because I, I, I'm in the picture now. So with, that's right. <laughs> so that's saying. important. That's, so Let's we have focus. to talk about this stuff. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna turn it over to you guys. I did. It. I think I did. I think I did five projects with with you, Pola. Yes. Once I kind of started sticking with you guys, I didn't really leave because you were wonderful. Thank you. And. And and same with your team because we kind of all stuck together. We had Rachel. I assist Rachel and Dana on the truck and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I, I came in on American Princess. But then you guys always just kept talking about Glow. Right. So Glow was incredible. Right. Fun Glow show. Glow was incredible. Great to work on. Eighty show period show uh producers that showed great respect for my work great mm-hmm. appreciation and uh we all work together that's basically what that's it takes. the best it is the best nobody works against you right which is horrible so that was and visually it was amazing yeah we got so an emmy fun. for it yeah did you did you do all the seasons of glow yeah you yeah. did, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I think I jumped on partially season two, all of season mm-hmm. three, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Because that was kind of based off of real events too, right? Right. So in the prepping and whatever, did they reference a lot of that stuff a good amount? Uh, the real stuff. The real stuff. Uh, yes, they did. And again, the research is a must. Mm-hmm. You have to be precise. You're presenting the whole world. You cannot give away that you're actually filming it in modern day. Right. It has to all look authentic. Mm-hmm. Was that your first period f- Actually, it was my second. My first period project was a, a nightmare. <laughs> what was that <laughs> it was something that never seen the oh, light of day yes. but it was directed and produced by somebody very well known named david fincher oh mm. wow mm-hmm. Yike. okay say no more <laughs> yeah exactly say no more complete insanity it was impossible to understand the system behind what he was doing or to understand what is it that he was trying to accomplish. And this was a pilot? Uh, it was a, a pilot and then it got was like several episodes, but wow. somehow when it was for HBO, the ones they saw when it was coming out, they just pulled the plug. Wow. So, but it was uh, set in the 80s and very helpful because I did such... Tre- tremendous amount of work and research 
for that time period. Mm -hmm. So although it was sheer misery, once I entered Glow, I had the background. It's yeah. like, hey, you helped yeah. me do the work. I know the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and up until the point, you've done a lot of shows, but Glow, Glow, I think even working as an assistant on Glow, one thing that stands out about it is there was 14 principal actors yes. on it. <laughs> That's huge. Yes. So that adds a certain form of comp, not complication, but it's, I mean, Difficulty. usually, usually it's like what you have three or four that mm -hmm. you have to like, right. you have to get their glasses yes. down. You have to get, and not only do you have 14 characters that you have to, you have to do, but you also have their, their wrestling personas right. that each right. has a very specific character that has to revolve around. True. So how was approaching all that stuff? Well, it's challenging. Yeah. <laughs> it's challenging and it's fascinating at the same time. And when you're doing wrestling persona, what you have to keep in mind is that everything has to have safety considerations. Correct. Right. And uh, I worked a lot with Beth Morgan, our costume designer. So she relied on me to do all of the metal pieces in the costume and accessories right. to the costume so they would be uh, wrestling friendly. Right. So that was another thing. So they're thing. not metal. Yeah. <laughs> were the, were, was there a metal version of it or usually always was? Yes, the, two versions. Oh, there was two versions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, with that though, then I mean the 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 last season we did that never was. Well, I think we made it a, an episode and a half before it ended. Right. <laughs> they completely had changed everybody's characters. Also, wow. right, they started from the ground up. Yeah, they changed their personas. Yes. Oh, I see. Yeah. And yeah. so, Mikey, what did you? Were you set master? Or I was assistant to the set master, uh, Rachel Flores. Right. Yeah. That's so right. I, I pretty much almost every project that we worked on, I, I pretty much assisted. So that's a big job for you too when you have 17 back, um, principal characters getting everybody up and running in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just yeah. chairs alone. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> see, I did the chair. <laughs> but yeah, and, I mean, it was difficult and stuff like that, but we always seemed supported with. Uh, with like heavy background days because we did a lot of those like wrestling matches right. which was like you have almost everybody in it and then you have um all the background which is lots of signage lots of hand signage and popcorn and right. stuff like that we did that all the time too but uh i felt like we always had the amount of people we need and then i mean rachel's a pro so <laughs> you can't get past that like she's she's been doing it for running sets forever for every big prop match you could think of. So if there was one person that could teach me the right way to do set, it was her. Fantastic. Yeah. And what about rehearsals? I mean, did you do a lot of rehearsals, rehearsals before you shot or did you oh, rehearse yeah. days before? Rehearsals days. days uh, they're basically were training days. Right. Yes. And we had to rehearse with props right. and, and a lot of manufacturing and oh, well. <laughs> was that a half hour or hour? A half hour. Half hour. And that's another difficulty. That's another difficulty. They are so hard. The they, pace is incredible. They keep coming. It's so crazy. You never catch your breath. There's like maybe half a day. Uh, you never catch your breath, period. Right. I consider or I speak about uh, television, producing, making television right. as deployment. <laughs> it just, it's just so until true. it's a wrap. Well, into, yeah. the, into the newer shows that you've done, too, because, I mean, a lot of, I mean, up until Dexter, I guess, after Dexter, it's pretty much has been this this episodic kind of way, which are pretty much shows that are like movies, almost. They are like movies. They are exactly like movies. They like, are like movies. Yeah. And if you 
take your work. I, I just always do them like they're movies, which is probably why I get myself burned out. But yes, the filming, the resolution, yeah. the right. attention that camera can give to your prop is unforgiving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You yeah. better get it right on yeah, the money. That's a big change from the Huge old change. days when everything was shot on video yep. for television. You know, you could get away with so much. Or no. even on the film. Right. That the digital, the shift to digital came to me on Dexter. Yeah. And digital wasn't as forgiving then. The highlights were so hot. Oh, yeah. Right. That I had to recompose my props according to the new cinematography uh, yeah. aspects. Yeah. And it's 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 so more much more stylized and, and yeah, the cinematography right. looks like a movie at that point. Yeah, it's it's, and it is. I mean yeah. really and, and now when you get into these ten eight and ten episodes seasons, mm -hmm. that's just what they are. It's like an eight and ten hour movie. Right. You know? It is. I mean, because it, it, there's a flow, there's a, an, an arc that goes throughout the whole season. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. One story told a lot of the times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah television is very challenging. Well, everything we do is very challenging. If you want to do it correctly. Right. It, it takes all of you. But it helps when you have a lot, when you have more money and more time to do things right. Like, you know, because again, when I do, when I've done a feature which hasn't been a lot as well, it is a different ballgame. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, you could come to set and you could walk around and rehearse and talk about a scene for two and a half hours before you start shooting it. Right. And then you do, you know, a page and a half and you go home. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Television, it's such a, you know, it's such a business. And we were talking about mm -hmm. this before we started too, that there's a sea change from when we started in the 80s and 90s to where we are now of how much more corporate things are, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and how much more, you know, it, it is a product that we're producing as opposed to art. Absolutely. And yet the demand from the audience is higher. Yes. And the expectation is more and it better be art on some level or it, it won't live 100 percent, and it is mm -hmm. you know and we do create it it's, we do create it it's just against so many odds so many odds <laughs> it's just insane it is yeah the level that we that we work at and the and the product that we do turn out under the circumstances that we do it in is mind-boggling mind-boggling yeah. exactly and i think we're underrated i'm just insane we are completely <laughs> underrated <laughs> Well, hopefully we can get change that. In we, the are, future. we are <laughs> working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> Give up it. those chairs, guys. What the hell is? Um, why do we me, need I'm those I'm chairs? A, I'm, See, well, I'm okay, but, all right, let's all right, let's get into it. The chairs, okay? We started this. <laughs> Have we never talked about the chairs on this? Really? Well, we did with Virginia, and then we uh, not too deep, though. but we <laughs> had to like do a little editing there. But nonetheless, um, I have a the chairs don't bother me. I mean, because for me. I look at the chairs like it is a, like Virginia said, you know, it's her place where she can go and be quiet on set, you know, because she doesn't want to always go back to her trailer. So sometimes she just wants to be on set, but she wants to, you know, go through her script or whatever. So I always look at the chairs as a, another thing that I'm providing for the actors, you know, a little respite for them to be able to come and sit and, and be. Um, I don't necessarily like moving them all day long. But that's what it is. I will bring them out in the morning and I will take them back at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But if chairs are moving and I'm doing other things, that's not my first priority. That's mm -hmm. where I need help 
And you guys either have to give me somebody or you're going to have to, you know, let me hire somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't usually have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't... I don't like the carts taking up room on my trailer. Yeah, <laughs> First of all. yeah. Um, and they're big, heavy. I don't like moving them around so much. I, I, I think there's, because they, they're always going to nagger you to like, try to get village set up when there's mm-hmm. a rehearsal going on and stuff like that. Like there's something else that we're doing right now. Right. that's more important than where this producer is going to sit. We are also sitting there, and I, I love script supervisors, but at the end of the day, when there's no props and we have to go, we have to be there to the end sometimes because there's a script supervisor sitting in a chair. So we literally have to sit there when we can cut off, and, and I'm not going to complain too too much about that part, right. but I, do, I don't think it should be our responsibility. I, I, I'm ready to hand it one off. There is another aspect of the chairs. First of all, it does take our time, sure. our space, our time, first of all, in the morning when mm-hmm. we're setting up, which I would much rather be worried about setting up the props than correct chair backs for according to the call sheet. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like Mikey is saying, it takes us back to waiting until everything is done. So we don't need to I personally would rather not have to deal with it. But if we're saying the concept of the prop is what actor is handling with their hands on camera, that's what we do. Yeah. That's what we provide. That's who we are. That's how we contribute to the product on screen. Mm -hmm. How do we end up? (laughs) What does chair off stage have to do with a prop? I don't know. Somebody should do a deep dive to try to figure out where that came I from do. before everybody di- dies Actually, off who was there. I, I have a theory. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's yes. hear it. <laughs> when I just started and I was working on 30-something for a prop master called Pelamine, very interesting creature he was. Mm-hmm. He wore a wig and powdered his face. Interesting. Very interesting and spoke in a very strange manner, very mannered guy. And mm-hmm. he says, Pola. You're new. I'm going to teach you. We are glorified caterers. Prop master's card is a card, is a license to steal. And (laughs) our job is to facilitate everybody's needs. And our job is everybody chair right under his butt, whether he likes it or not. On the prop card, there is a candy uh, drawer. Yes. On the prop card, there is a cigarette drawer. Right. We provide cocaine. We stuff uh, fridges with liquor for our up aboves. We are the security of our jobs depend on our catering to the people we work for. All right, so that's where it came yes, from. Yes, one hundred percent. So that was the culture then. Sure. Now that's in the eighties. Yes. Yeah. And before. I, I guess I'm old school prop master because I've I still f- have that philosophy. Booze and coke. Not, well, <laughs> well, if they need it. <laughs> maybe, Good for you. I'm, maybe, I'm maybe it's not real. No, I mean, well, nobody's asking me for booze and coke anymore, um, or never did actually. I've I've had actors ask me for booze before, and that's always a problem. And of course, I never willingly have given it to them, but I've had. I did. Really, I've had an actor once come in when we were at lunch. And I had an assistant who was very green, and he was in the kitchen. And she came in, and she was looking for alcohol. 
And he's like, yeah, I don't know. And she says, oh, I see a bottle. And she grabbed it and she got herself pretty liquored up. Jesus Christ. And she did the scene. It was great. But then she had to do a scene after that where she wasn't drunk and they had to, you know, send her home for the day. And it was a huge problem. So obviously, yeah, Yeah. you can't do that. Yeah, I I, I got in trouble. It was like eight eight or nine years ago on a show. I was a movie. I was prop mastering because there was a scene where they were smoking weed or the actor was smoking weed. And they came up to me and they're like, hey, can I smoke real weed in that? I was like. I'm going to give you fake weed. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you bring that's on you. And I still got in trouble for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very careful nowadays. It's a liability. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, because right. when this happened with me, you know, the, the first person they came to was me. And I'm like, I did not give it to her. She, yeah. she apparently went and took it out of the kitchen. And she also went and got something from the, the Teamsters as well. I see. You know, but nonetheless, it was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the director wanted to know what my involvement was. And I explained it to him. And he was like, and when he found out it was her, he's mm-hmm. like, well, that was just a bad career move for her. <laughs> Which he's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, you know, have you ever seen the quote from Marlena Dietrich about props? Mm-hmm. She wrote this book called The ABCs of filmmaking or something like that. I think we have it posted on the PMG website somewhere, the quote from Marlena mm-hmm. Dietrich, and I'm not going to try to um, recite it because I don't remember it, but it was fantastic because she talks about the property mat. You know, she, what she does is the ABCs of films, and so like each letter of the mm-hmm. alphabet was something else about filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And when she got the P, she did the property master, and she wrote this beautiful soliloquy of what the property master does and what they mean and about his magical cart and all of the Mm -hmm, stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, comes out of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, it, that really resonated with me. And I, and again, for me, it's that whole thing of taking care of actors that, that, that falls into for me. I, I want to be that person who can facilitate whatever the actor needs well, I feel I feel that, that that takes away from the respect of our position. Though. Absolutely, really, <laughs> not whatever actor needs, whatever help the actor to deliver the character on right. screen, uh, uh, coke and booze, not necessarily. No, definitely not, unless that. it's being done on screen. Well, then it's Right. When I say that, I mean I'm not going to go take the laundry to the dry cleaner or anything like that. Right. But, but there but, is a thin line. Yes. And I agree with Mikey that we are perceived as caterers more than as creative entities. And our, in any new movement, there's got to be a bit of an overreaction just to be heard. Sure. So since we're trying to promote ourselves as a creative entity, let's just um, caution on overreaction right Right. now and move away from janitorial duties. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, and I agree. And I think that's why I say... I will do chairs, but it is not my first priority. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So, yeah. and if you need that in the middle of the day, my priority is making sure that the props are correct. They're not going to give me somebody if they're not going to give me somebody. You know, that's the. Bottom. That's what I've always believed. I was like, because a lot of people try to make that argument. I was like, I don't think I've ever been able to. I mean, I'm. I haven't been in the industry as long as you guys have, so you guys might have. I've never been able to sell the producer on giving me an extra person specifically just for chairs. No. It doesn't happen. Yeah, the only time yeah. I've ever been given somebody extra is during is during COVID, 
when oh, they realized okay. that they had to do. Oh, yep, that's true. You yeah. know, that's, that's all true. of a sudden I got an extra person. That's yeah, because you used different. to have oh those first couple shows back. You used right. to have to use those um those like UV gun yes. things. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I got yes. the oven from ISS. The oven they made, yes. they made oven carts. <laughs> yes, crazy. it was so ridiculous. I know? had one as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then you have to painful. spray everything down. I mean, I was doing this thing for Disney. It was a um, reshoot or not reshoots but a, a additional photography for some movie that they were doing it was their first production back from covid and it involved this intricate book this beautiful you know book of spells mm-hmm. and the covid person wanted she came over with the spray bottle i'm whoa I'm like what are you doing she yeah. goes i gotta spray that i'm like like hell no. <laughs> it's paper honey <laughs> i don't yeah. think so <laughs> yeah so yeah but that was the only that. time. Yeah, glad we're out of that. Yes. Um, Are I, we out of that, though? I mean, what are the protocols I mean, coming I think back? The, I don't even know. There's none on the show Jackie's on, really. That's good. Oh, okay. There's none. That's uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all vaccinated by well, now. Yeah. It's just we, common sense. Wash your hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I liked about Glow the most also was, I think it was the one of the earlier the family environment with every single crew member that was kind of on there and they all stuck together and mm-hmm. the relationship everybody had down to the actors and everything yes. like that and i think that i don't mind a show being hard as long as it's not a nightmare to go to every yes. day you know as long I mean? as we're on the same page right yeah the vibe is positive the vibe was right. extremely mm-hmm. positive and supportive we're all here to make the best product possible right we That's... don't work against each other yep yeah, and that's a gift. It's a gift. Okay. It's and a very rare gift, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and again, the older you get, the more opportunity you have to pick and choose those projects because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it when you're not on those shows, the uh, the alternative is horrible. It's it, horrible. Yeah. It, you, you can't work. Well, yeah, and you have to because you need a paycheck. And right. so you have to deal with it. But it's mm-hmm. just, it's demoralizing and it's just bad for your health. And Absolutely. And I just pray that everybody can find a great show, you know, and, and you know, muscle through. I mean, you learn stuff, you know, when, when shows like that. But mostly what you learn is what you're not willing to put up with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 <laughs> your yeah. boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. If, if, if they came back to do a movie, would you come out of retirement to do it? No. <laughs> nothing would bring you back at this point i don't think so yeah that's okay that's good that you know you're happy in retirement very yeah very the first thing that i threw away is an alarm clock really (laughs) i always Uh, said that when i had a a a a retirement party i was going to do a bonfire and have everybody throw a chair in the fire there (laughs) you go chairs in the fires there you go yeah Yeah. (laughs) um it did you are are you already working on another book is that yes yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome (laughs) but also i stay with uh, the lincoln lawyer yeah. Because I gave the show to Holiday, who is a new prop master. Mm-hmm. Right. And they hired her. She did a great job the first season. Now she's in the second season. Mm-hmm. But um, she's in the third season, isn't she? Well, she's in the third season, the third but season. second for her right, as right, a right. prop master. Right. And I stay very involved with that. Yeah. So I'm in a sense, right. I don't get paid, but I. I'm working. That's good. Yeah, yeah. helping yeah, out with like creative. mentorship. Yeah, yeah. holidays fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she she's wonderful, and I'm so grateful. It's just such a great feeling to be able to give your craft 
to somebody else yeah, who can absolutely. pick it up and run with it. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Beautiful. I'm glad. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, everybody go out and check out The Other Side of the Moon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I definitely hey. want to say that. Oh, what is that? It's my book. Uh, okay. Oh, right. The one you just did. Yes. But the one you're working on, is that also an industry or is it an industry-related book? No, or? but it's about the two artists and in our society and their fate. Yeah. So it's a novel. It's a novel. Beautiful. Uh, I, it, the, this one is a novel as well. Okay. It's not a memoir. Right. It's a novel. Right. Nice. Thank you. I will definitely. What, so when do you have a working title? No, not okay. yet. I do, but and not not for public not consumption. For, not yet. Yeah, and how are you on the audio book side of the other one? <laughs> I should do it. Yeah, but the the trouble is, I was thinking about it today. Um, I am just so I worked on this book for so long, and I read it so many times. Mm. So another read through. Another <laughs> read through. It's like, oh, but I should do it. You should yeah. do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll it's... record it for free here if you want. Oh, you're so <laughs> yeah. sweet. Thank you. Thank you. I will be happy to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Of course. Absolutely. Wow. That was fun. It was great fun. Yes. I loved it. I loved it too. You can edit it down There's as much nothing as you to want. Edit. <laughs> it's a long listen. Yeah, and we're happy to have you as part of the PMG now. Yeah. As a Absolutely. new member, a new honorary member Absolutely. of the PMG. Thank you. I'm happy to contribute in any way I can. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you'll be working with Chris and the education committee. It yes, like coming we need up it. Oh, let's do we it. need it. We need help for sure. <laughs> we need workers. <laughs> Absolutely. I am available. Sweet. Cool. All right, uh, we'll close out, I guess. You yes. got anything else to say, Chris? I think I'm done. That, uh, I do want to say one last thing. Sure. I, and I know I'm dating us again, Mikey. And, That's fine. But I just want to say again, you know, here we are on uh, January 23rd. Oh, really dating us. Yes, we're really dating And on today, and uh, on Greg today, Bilson's at, at, episode came out today. Yes, so. at, at 2.12. Yeah. No, um of 2024 that, you know, we are still not back from the strike. Right. And there are a lot of people out there that are hurting very badly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talk to people every day and I want, I desperately want to give people hope. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that the industry is going to come back and it's going to come back with in gangbusters, but I don't know to what extent and doesn't seem like anybody really knows. Mm -hmm. So I just want to acknowledge that I know everybody's struggling out there and uh, we just all have to try to help each other through it and know that it's going to get better um, and that work is going to come back. But um, it sure would be nice if the people that were (laughs) pulling the strings here would get their act together and get this thing going, okay? Because there seems to be a lot of factors um, um, at uh, play here and I just... I don't know. Uh, I, there's more that I love to say. I would love to do an episode about this, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about maybe trying to get somebody from uh, 44 to come on and talk about it or whatever. You know, because people just need a little bit of support, you know, from the industry. You know, uh, we, we've suffered a lot with very little to show for it on our side. And it continues. And uh, I just... I just want to I just want to say everybody hang in there please okay and reach out to your loved ones and your friends and we're all going to get through it. And we're here for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean 
I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, 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 we're looking. Ready. We're exploring alternatives too, which I, I'm, I'm not going to leave the industry or anything like that. But we're looking for our our side hustle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're taking it way more seriously. Like. I think everybody is a little bit now. They're like, what's a side hustle that can at least get me some money if this doesn't keeps falling through? Yeah, no, I, and that's a and that's a legitimate thing. But at the same time, as Polo would tell you as well, I mean, when you've been doing this your whole life and when you do it to the level in which you're supposed to do it, there is no room for a side hustle. No, there is absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Your side hustle is eating and sleeping. No, exactly. We, we thought about it six months ago, too. And we're like, oh, what else would I do? It was like, there's nothing else that would make me happy. And I think that's the problem. It was right. like, I know jobs, I can make more money and stuff. I just, it won't. Yeah, they won't could... stimulate my ADD right. brain and they, they won't make me as happy as this one is. Right. Like, unless you could write a book. You know, well, and, trust and you, me, you're not going to make that much money writing a book. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's what you, mailbox money is what we need, but you yeah. know, that's yeah. hard to get. But you know, all right, all right. Thanks, Mikey. Yeah, of thank course. You, yeah, thank you, Paula. Thank you for having me. Of course, yeah, and uh, thank you to everybody out there who's turning in for another episode of Prop Talk, which is the official podcast of the Property Masters Guild, brought to you by Real Working and Retired Prop Masters. If this is your first time listening, uh, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment uh, wherever you're hearing this. It helps us in the algorithms and stuff like that. So yeah. do it. Um, if you'd like to know more information about the Property Masters Guild or have any questions for us here at Prop Talk, be sure to go to propertymastersguild.org um, and you can email there. Um, we're also on Instagram at underscore the PMG and all other socials. Just look up Property Masters Guild. Um, and that's it until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.